What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. We are bringing another slice and dice conversation with you. If you did not tune in last Monday, we've got a show, Slice and Dice, where we talk about content that is performing on the juice and use data to back it up. Last week, we talked about sales data because we should have a pulse on what our most important stakeholders are digging into. Today, we're bringing in someone from the outside, Maria, who is the CEO and founder at Clinton Marketing. We talk about, we recorded this in April and we talked about the top highest performing pieces of content for marketers in March. Some of the key insights were practical and simple headlines contribute to an article's success. Creating quality content makes the brands celebrities in the content world. And four out of the five pieces of content are standard SEO optimized articles. So what does all this mean? We're trying to share some of our content on this feed with all of you and talk specifically about content that is performing and hopefully it gives you um, some inspiration. If you're not already, sign up to be a member of The Juice. It's free. You can dig in and start consuming some of the content that is being shared on this show and beyond. Until then, let's just jump in. Let's get into the conversation. I love chatting with Maria. Let's go. You know, you could have a very sketchy van that says, don't go in written on mark in marker on the side of the van. And yet you'll pull it out and scream to a bunch of marketers, hey, we've got templates. They're all going to climb in. They're going to see the blood splatter on your clothes. They're going to see the nice. They're still going to go in if you say you have templates. Like, we can't resist it. We can't help it. This is Slice and Dice, a show for B2B marketers who are looking to get inspiration from the best content available. But what is the best content? What are marketing and sales professionals really reading, watching, and listening to? In each episode of Slice and Dice, Brett McGrath highlights live data captured from the Juices platform and introduces what people are really interested in. Brett partners with an industry expert to figure out why certain content hits the mark and what we can all learn from it. Okay, let's chop it up. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Slice and Dice, episode four. I am your host, Brett McGrath, Vice President of Marketing at The Juice. Today, we are going to explore the top five highest performing content pieces for marketing professionals in the month of March on The Juice. Today's guest, Maria Delano, founder and operator at Kalina Marketing. Maria, you're not Jonathan. We've got an outside guest. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Hi, Brett. Thank you for having me. Very excited to dive in. I enjoy reading your posts on LinkedIn regularly. I know you're a fan of content and you work with a lot of marketers around content. So we're going to be diving into content pieces and, and really looking forward to hearing your perspective. And uh, I'm going to try to be less of a picky a-hole than I usually like to be <laughs> because I want to be fair to people. So we'll see. We'll see. If I get too mean, let me know. <laughs> yeah, we, we Hey, it's all, we want to be real. We want to be authentic. Everything is fair game. So share your hot takes if you got them. Um, oh, I got plenty. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had someone on the outside coming in. So last episode of Slice and Dice, we talked about sales content and I'm a marketer. So I'm, that was a fun episode. Everyone's kind of in sales in a small business and learning from the content certainly helps. But kind of going back to the roots here, going into content, what's resonating with other marketers. So we're going to be diving into the top five highest performing 
pieces of content for marketers on the juice in 2023. And I want to spend some time on the trends that we're observing with the data. But one thing stuck out to me in as I was looking through the pieces, I wasn't hit over the head with content regarding generative AI. I think while I turn to my social feed, there is ton of conversation around generative AI and its impact on content and marketing. And there were some mentions here and there, but I know you have a lot of passion. I've seen you talk about generative AI on LinkedIn and other platforms. Why don't you think it's hitting us over the face on this list? It can't be for a lack of content. What do you think? I honestly think that there are two things going on here. Number one is we have a very interesting selection of pieces of content this time around. Every single thing is so practical. I was kind of shocked, to be honest, that all five of them fell into this kind of format. Because, I mean, usually very educational, practical stuff does perform well, but it's surprising that all of it falls into that bucket. I wouldn't call anything here thought leadership or like particularly trend setting. So I think that's part of it. Most of these are more evergreen topics and AI is a fad right now, right? It's news jacking, it's trend jacking, it's trying to jump on the hot topic. And I don't think that's how any of these pieces were made. And then the second thing that I think is going on here is, I don't know about you, but the people on my feed who are posting about AI and commenting about it are mostly sick of it. Like (laughs) I'm still seeing posts about AI, like every third post on my LinkedIn feed. But most of them are talking about how sick they of AI and posts about AI. So I feel like we've moved into the meta phase where we're not talking about AI. We're talking about hating on AI or not hating on AI. And I haven't seen many AI-only posts anymore. I don't know I, if that's going to change. Yeah, it, you know, it'll probably come back around when it gets quiet. It's how it all goes. But I think that's a, a good observation and a note I, I took regarding the pieces. And we're going to get into them is just how they're all practical. So you and I both saw the same thing. But before we get into the content, I want to talk a little bit about the data. Understand not everyone has seen every episode of Slice and Dice. So for anyone who's unfamiliar or hasn't seen the show, we pull the data uh, for the episodes directly from The Juice. If you're unfamiliar, The Juice is a content curation platform for B2B marketing and sales professionals and a distribution channel for brands who want to reach them and Just real quick, setting the stage on the data so you all understand where it's coming from. It's platform engagement data and not what that means. It's tracking the engagement and actions by the members on the juice engaging with content across the platform. It's also calculated. Things that are calculated into this are bookmarking, favoriting, and sharing by members of the juice. And for today's episode, the data is all filtered by marketing as the primary job function. So top five pieces for March. It's kind of fun. Uh, March isn't quite over as we record this, but to me, this is just really relevant. And one observation I noticed, you mentioned the practicality. One that I noticed was just headlines for the articles and how we spend all this time thinking about being creative, catching everyone's attention, but very action-oriented and very practical is, I'll use the same word as you. And I know you, based on the work that you do and creating content and working with a lot of content marketers or that are working with your agency, you probably talk about headlines. Like maybe talk a little bit about that. Like what's your process? How do you think about it? How do you coach up your clients on them? So I'm honestly pretty bad with headlines in <laughs> certain ways. 
I am bad with making headlines that are applicable to SEO mm. and to larger sort of audiences. So even for the juice, I honestly think I need to rewrite a lot of my headlines because they're not working on there. And the reason why is the way we develop them. It comes from my background as a creative writer and as a bit of an academic because I used to consider going into a PhD in liter literary studies. So my brain is still very academic writing trained. And I think of titles the way I think of a good essay title or a good academic paper title, mm. which means it needs to kind of tell you what it's about and whether you're the relevant audience. But mostly it needs to be a little salacious and a little scandalous. And it needs you to stop and think, wait, what? What are they talking about? And I have a bit of personality. So I like titles that have personality in them, right? Uh, if you look at my Substack, that's the big example of me going mm. wild. Why Marketers Are Afraid of Kindness is one of my titles. Or On the Peculiar Artifice of Conferences, right? It's short with weird descriptors. And you're like, wait, what is this? I know the big topic. It's about conferences. But what is she saying? And you'll have no idea. Which works really well when you have a targeted audience. And it works really well when you're just trying to stop the scroll. Mm -hmm. But it does not work well when people are looking for something specific and practical. So honestly, I could learn a bit from these I'm simpler titles for certain content. Because uh, I think I might have served my clients dirty here and there. I'm going to admit. <laughs> Usually we try to do a balance. Like one of the articles we did for a client recently that should be getting published soon is called How to Convince Your Boss to Actually Pay for Data Analytics Software. Mm. And unless they change the title, that's how it's going to go up. And the whole point of that is still practical how to do this. But there's a bit of salacious tone to it, right? How to actually convince them, how to get them to actually pay because they're not paying. I love the vulnerability. And I'm, I'm the same way. I kind of lean towards salacious, attention grabbing. But I think what this is telling me is that the era that we're in in marketing, like marketers are just trying to figure out how to absorb content that helps them do something better. And that's how I'm reading it. I think they're not saying that salacious and attention grabbing headlines don't work, but I just found it interesting that as we run through this list, and that's what I'm about to do, um, you'll see it's none of these headers on these posts are going to hit you over the head or make you chuckle or that's just pretty matter of fact. And that's fine. And there's a time and place for it, which is why I do admit I honestly should lean more towards the side here and there. And I am biased. And I think a lot of us end up leaning towards a style that we go with in our process and our headings in writing the content itself. And we can get so in over the head of like, this is the way to do it. But that's not true. And that doesn't mean that's all we should do or that it's appropriate in every situation. I kind of like that I disagree with most of these. I'm, I'm with you. Let's get into the top five pieces. So I'm going to run them down, countdown style. We'll start at five. Number five, Google Ads Alternative from Brave. Digging into this one, it's it pretty much impacts everyone. So I can see the relevance and why it ended up on this list. The ultimate HubSpot workflow overview from HubSpot Hacks. No one's making better content than the HubSpot Hacks team right now. If you're a HubSpot user and you stumbled across that headline, I'm sure you're clicking in to see how you could level up with your HubSpot instance. Number three, build loyalty through customer engagement strategies from Jebit. We're all trying to 
leverage our customers, maximize those relationships, and obviously drive more revenue. And so that is an article that stood out to me and, and grabbed my attention as, as I was going through this list. Number two from Hotjar, five best examples of user personas. I think anything Hotjar puts out, people are probably interested in. They create really good content and it's not a surprise to see them on this list. And number one, 16 content brief templates from our friends at Market Muse. So super practical. Templates always win. I just feel like it's a continual thing. If you put templates in the headline or if you're offering templates, people are going to click in because it's likely that you're going to help save them time. Five really diverse pieces, Maria, but maybe looking through this, and I know you spent a lot of time digging through, reading the articles. Was there anything about kind of these articles and the data that surprised you as you were digging in? Yeah, there are a couple of things that I would say were common for all of these that were kind of surprising. Number one is I recognized every single one of these brands. I know about Brave. I know their browser. I've seen HubSpot hacks around, even though I don't watch the videos. I know they make guide videos. I knew about Jevit. I knew about Hotjar. I knew about Market Muse. I think I've been on definitely three out of the five of these websites before and read their mm. blog here and there. So that was really surprising to me that I knew every single one. And none of them are the SEM rush of the world or anything that mm. we know they dominate search. So it's pretty interesting. We have kind of a, you know, B-list celebrities of the content world here. I love it. <laughs> and the other thing that surprised me is I would call all five of these, I'd usually refer to this as standard SEO articles, mm -hmm. which is it's a lot of the best practices of it's not very personal. It could be written by anybody on that team, really, from that company. It's all very how-to oriented, very practical, but also the standard format that you have of this is what this is, this is why it would benefit you, here's an example, here may be some options, and at the end, here's how you can use our product instead, fit it into the list. And it was interesting looking at all of these and seeing how similar they are, except obviously the, the exception of HubSpot hacks, because that's a guide. I would say that's mm -hmm. the only one that's a really different format. But all the other four, I would say, are in the same bucket of the same kind of top of funnel, middle of funnel content that's SEO optimized. And it was funny looking at them side by side and clicking back and forth and noticing the differences. I love it. I wouldn't, maybe what you jumped off and talked about, I'd love to ask you a follow-up on it. But you, you made mention, although, you know, might not be the primary top tier, like go sponsor diamond level or platinum level sponsorship at Saster and everybody knows the brands. Like you said personally, like I know all of these brands and I know it probably varies, but is there anything outside of like these content pieces specifically? Obviously they're making good content, but is there a common theme that may be woven throughout all of these brands? Is it like they post on LinkedIn, they're active with creating their content, it's getting distributed to you the right way. Is there any commonality that you can probably dumb it down to all of these to say, this is why I, I know these brands and why they've been in my hemisphere before? There's a commonality for three of them. So the top three, Jebit, Hotjar, and Market Muse. I know about all of these the same way. It was a combination of seeing something about them on LinkedIn, either posts by their team or somebody mentioning them, 
or I've heard about them on Slack in marketing communities. And I actually think for all three of them, I've seen them in both places, both on LinkedIn and in Slack when people talk about tools and discuss certain mm. companies. And I know that I've seen the names of all of three of them multiple times across the last five, six months. What I, what I love about that response is so much of what we do in marketing isn't like we go post in a Slack community, we post in a LinkedIn and expect like a new contract or opportunity, but it like compounds over time. And then eventually we get to this point where two random people are talking about your brand on a video podcast about content. Exactly. And either of us may be the target audience. I don't know if we fully are. I'm not right. sure if I would actually buy any of these products, but also somebody listening to us might be. And that is totally. something that's going to be very hard for their marketing team to attribute because you're not going to get a click through from, oh, Maria saw somebody recommend Market Musin, the Superpath Slack group. And then five yeah. months later, she talked about it to Brett on a podcast. Right. And then somebody named Ellen or something, listened to it and came through and became a customer. You're never going to find that out. It's not going to happen, but it's, it's still useful. It's still a matter of measuring success, I would say, getting a brand mention like this. Totally. And Ellen, if you do go request a demo and you do end up signing a contract with any of these brands, please mention our name so we can get the referral bonus. <laughs> Even if your name is not Ellen, please just mention us. Uh, well, let's talk about maybe any of these content pieces specifically. I'm curious, like, in drilling into any of them, and you can pick and talk about whatever you want, but, like, is does anything stand out to you where you've, like, read the article, dissected everything, and been like, this is why I think it made the list? Like, it's the headline, it's the design, the thumbnail, the content itself, like, anything you want to talk about there specifically about any of these pieces? So, as I mentioned to Brett before we started recording, my husband and I were talking about these pieces at like 2 a.m. last night. We were supposed to go to bed at 1, so I'd wake up early, but we ended up talking at, until about 2.30 a.m., and we were mostly talking about one of these. So I think we should talk about that Let's one. Let's go. And it's number one, the most Boom. popular, 16 Content Brief Templates by Market Muse. I have a lot of thoughts about this one. Let's go. So starting out, because this was through the juice, I was looking at the pages in isolation, the way it appears with the thumbnail, the title, the description on the platform, and thinking why would somebody favorite it, bookmark it, or click on it without looking. And I would say I want to give them so much credit for how freaking cute the illustration is. And I was looking through what their other illustrations look like, and they're great Whoever's doing these little robot illustrations, I love you. Please make a comic or an animation because they're so cute. I would buy a plushie, honestly. <laughs> so that caught my attention because it's not a stock photo. And some of the other pieces here did have stock photos and that's the typical. Or it's not what I do, which is go to Canva and put mm. together like three different stickers and hope it looks like it works together. And like I had a graphic designer or just text. This is an actual proper, you know, unique illustration with good colors, a humanoid robot, which kind of looks cute and appealing. And I, I love it. I, I saw it immediately. And then their title is super practical. It's content brief templates. I feel like templates are marketer candy. Mm. You know, you could have a very sketchy van that says, don't go in written on mark in marker on the side of the van. And yet you'll pull it out and scream to a bunch of marketers, hey, we've got templates. They're all going to climb in. 
They're going to see the blood splatter on your clothes. <laughs> they're going to see the knives. They're still going to go in if you say you have templates. Like, we can't resist it. We can't help it. So I feel like <laughs> this was bound to get clicks. And 16 is a big number. So I get intrigued. I think, oh, it's not too lazy. They mm. spent more than 10 minutes putting these together. This should be good. I love it. The robots, uh, maybe a content idea. If there's The Market Me's team has the resources. How about a comic book? That could be a good brand play. I love it. I recently found out that, what's their name? Postmark. One of their marketing people is Fio, the one that writes content mm. folks. The I love content folks. Shout yeah. out Fio. So Fio's company, Fio also works on these comics for Postmark. And I saw them recently and they're amazing. I have not seen comics being used as a marketing channel in B2B before, in B2B software. And it's awesome, and I really recommend people check it out. So Market Muse, maybe here's some inspiration. You could make your own little comics. <laughs> I love it. Let's move over to maybe some opportunities that might exist with any of the pieces that are created. Any areas, that, like dissecting, digging in, is is there any opportunities that you see with any of these pieces that you might use or double down on um, just moving forward? So I want to talk about the actual Market Muse article now. And I need to preface this. I know this is going to sound mean, but it's actually a compliment. <laughs> I promise. I promise it is. Because to me, this was fascinating. And I'm going to start with why it sounds mean. I don't think a human wrote any of the words in this article, except the title. Wow. I don't think so. I think it was all AI, and I don't think most of it was checked. And even though I'm an AI critic, I actually think in this case, that makes this a more interesting and useful example because I realized how I was reading it. I didn't notice any of the text for about 15 minutes. I clicked on it, looked at the cute illustration, looked at the title, and I immediately scrolled to the templates. And I was looking at the company names that made the templates. And I was looking at the visuals of all of those content brief templates and I was just looking at them and I was clicking to them and looking at the templates and it straight up took me 15 minutes to read a single word of the post. And I was doing that for this podcast where we would talk about posts. I don't know if I would have looked at them otherwise, which is fascinating because this piece of content worked. It was number mm. one, the most popular. It worked on me. I could see myself sending it to other people because the list is so good. And I don't know what any of the words say. I've noticed multiple grammatical mistakes. I don't think most of the words make much sense. And I don't think it matters. So people are going straight. Your analysis could be different from someone else's analysis. But the fact of the matter is, is people are going because, like you said, we've got templates and there could be a sketchy van said, don't come in here. But the fact that you've got templates, people are coming in, right? And the better part is they actually deliver. The van might look sketchy and I might be accepting my candy from somebody who is wearing a very dirty looking apron and it's kind of confusing, but they're giving me the candy and I can still leave. So you know what? In my book, that's a successful deal uh, because the article actually has the templates. There's 16 templates. They're all relevant. I can see what they are. And actually, they kind of stole the juices job because if you click on the enlarged image under each template, you get to the Google Docs. You can skip their sign-up forms and their landing pages. So I think they stole something out of your playbook. <laughs> I love I love it. Hey, hey, that is the greatest... Imitation is the greatest compliment. That's how we say it. And everybody steals in marketing. So I love the perspective. I love all the call-outs. 
maybe just zooming out and digging into just zooming out, but just thinking about all the content pieces on this list. We've said a bunch of things. We've said practical. We've said simple headlines. Is there any, like, what's your primary takeaway from this list? I'd love for you to understand maybe like connecting the dots between what content works. And then at the end of this, like what, what makes the most sense from your end? Yeah. So zooming out and thinking about all of these pieces together, something that came to mind is the data we have tells us at how successful all of this content was at getting views and attracting attention for these specific pieces of content, right? The five best examples of user personas is successful at getting people to click at the five best examples of user personas. What we don't know at what I've been thinking about is how successful was it at getting people further into that funnel? How many people read through, maybe read all the way through, how many people clicked somewhere else? How many people will be convinced to trust these brands and maybe go explore their website and go sign up for a demo? Because what I see pretty often is there's this conflation of success between how many people did you get to look at the thing and mm -hmm. is it actually going to work for the rest of your goals? Because those are not always the same. And I was thinking about this because it was 2 a.m. Uh, in terms of a literal funnel, so right, imagine a physical funnel going into a bottle and you're trying to get, you're throwing stuff into it and you're trying to get it to land in the bottle. And you're about two feet away, so you can't cheat and just, you know, put things right in. I feel like a lot of these articles and the really top of funnel, practical but large appeal articles are kind of like a melon. You're throwing the melon into the funnel. It's big, so you're probably going to hit the funnel. It's going to land at the top, but it's going to get stuck because it's a melon. You're not going to push it through. So it's very good at landing there and getting a lot of people, but they're not necessarily actually going to go through. And then you can have things like a landing page that's extremely specific for a use case for people who are ready to buy or a blog post that's about your particular feature. And that's your classic bottom of the funnel thing. So it's kind of like throwing a grain of rice in. You know, once it's in the funnel, it's going to go down just fine. It's tiny. But how well are you going to be able to actually, you know, aim and land and I personally don't tell my clients to uh, create content that's either rice grains or melons. We go for blueberries. It's just big enough that it's going to fit through the bottom of the funnel, but like it's, it's small, right? It's just small so that it will still fit through and slide through, but it's big enough that you can still aim it. So it's just the right size. It's as big as possible, but still very targeted. And that's what I was thinking about because I don't know. I would love to see how many of these were blueberry articles. I might be wrong but I don't think most of them are. I forever am going to be thinking about content optimization and blueberries together, one and the same. I appreciate the analogy. And Marie, I appreciate you being on and a guest and sharing all your perspective. The van analogy too, I'm going to steal that from you because that's what we do. We steal stuff from other marketers. So appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing your perspective and also want to shout out Motion, our good friends at Motion for helping us produce this show. Maria, this was fun. We're going to have to do yes. it again. We should. We should. And if you see me posting an article with templates, don't read the text. It might be all Laura Mipsum. <laughs> first, first person who sees an article from Maria and sees that tag the juice. We'll do something fun. Yeah. Fun for yeah. We you. should do like a, a secret discount code. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. Maria, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I always enjoy talking with Maria and gathering her insights. Um, I think it was really cool to dig into articles from Brave, HubSpot Hacks, Jebit, Hotjar, and Market Muse. So much good stuff. Go check out those articles. Sign up for the juice where you can do it instantly. The link is in the show notes. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer soon.